amen. Praise God. You may be seated if you can. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. All the time God is good, right? Tell you what, man, uh, we put that, that some gravel over there in the parking lot, and now, so it wouldn't flood, so you could park in the parking lot. Now all the water floods to the driveway over here. So when I saw that today, I was like, God, just, God, just, uh, you know what, God, it's going to be okay. You're going to have there who you want there. And dear Jesus, look at the people in this room. I'm just like, come on, somebody. There's a lot of people here today. You know, we can fill up these front two rows. We're going to have to go do another service, right? So let's, let's do that. So, but, so I, I love that that, it, that, that so many of you were so hungry for God over the, this new year. The last couple of services have been so good. If you haven't watched the last two or three services, please do because God has really moved. Last week, the, the God came and his train filled the temple. Amen? Man, it was so powerful. And so you're so hungry for God that you came today regardless of the circumstances. And I honor you with that. There are some people that couldn't come today because they couldn't drive or or they couldn't see well or whatever, and we, we honor that as well. We thank them for joining in online. We got some people all the way from Tennessee today um, watching online, so we're so thankful for them as well. So I want to talk to you today about uh, my message is, is titled Winning. You know, we, we, first off, we did winning, um, uh, winning to run, right? Running to win. I'm sorry, running to win. And then we did winning in his presence, and then today we're going to talk about winning with prayer and the word. And some of y'all may have looked at that. He's going to talk about prayer and the word. And that's disappointed to you. Because I'm not talking about the presence. I'm not talking about the power and all that. If that is you and you're disappointed by this title, then you need to hear this message. Because all power that, that, that we need, we're going to get from prayer and in the word. And we need to check ourselves and say, you know what? I Am I really all about the word? Am I really all about prayer? You know, I love, I love whenever I used to call Brother Jay King. I, I, I never called, if, if only time he was, when I called him, he was not doing a Bible study and he was not praying. The only time was when he was in a car going to a doctor's appointment. Every other, any other time I ever called him, he was, you know, I would call Miss Johanna, she'd be like, hey, you know what? Uh, let me go get him. He's out on the porch studying the word. That's a man after God's own heart, amen? You know, there was, a, there was a guy one time is like, hey, I know the Bible. And they were talking about something. because you don't know the Bible good as I do. He says, yes, I do. He said, well, if you know the Bible so well, I'll bet you $10 right now you don't know the Lord's Prayer. He said, I sure do. He said, well, quote it for 10 bucks right now. It's on the line. He said, now I'll lay me down to sleep and pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. The man said, I didn't know you knew the Bible that well. And he put <laughs> He didn't know it either. <laughs> Wow, that is so funny. But but you won't have a true, powerful public ministry unless you have a true, powerful, private prayer time with God and read in His Word. Those who have the greatest public ministry, you can be assured that they spend time in prayer and in the Word. So, you know, we, I talk about a lot of times, like, how do you pray? How do you pray? I'm all the time saying, what's well, a conversation just between you and God? You just talk like you do to me, and that's how I talk to God. You know, I'm pastor. I just talk to God just like I do to you, just like I'm talking to you right now. I'm like, God, I'm just so upset, man. This, this, is, this is just bothering me so bad, God. I just need your help. I just talk just raw like that, you know. And, but some people are like, well, how, how, what's, what's a method of prayer? And I'm like, well, if you need to start off somewhere, start off with praise, P, or repent, a, ask, and why yield. I, I mentioned that several times. 
You know, so that's a good framework to start. Spend two or three minutes in prayer, two minutes, two or three minutes repenting, two minutes asking, and then two or three minutes just asking God, just what, what, God, I just want to hear from you, right? You know, and then before long, you're spending five minutes in praise and five minutes. And then before long, you don't know, you're, you're sitting there and you've been there 30, 40 minutes praying. But I want to go deeper than that today. I want to talk to you about not what to say in the method of prayer. I want to talk to you about how, how to pray when you come before the Lord. The first thing you got to do, and I'll give you three, three points here for this, is to pray, number one, to pray with confidence. To pray with confidence, not weak, trembling knees. When you come before God, He is not a principal. He, he, is not, he is not this mean God that's going to slay you down because you sin. You go to Him with confidence. You know, because he says, you are my people. You are called by my name. You are a Christian, a Christian. You are called by his name. And we are his people. And he loves us. And we, we, he is our father. He is Abba. And, and we know that he is our father. And we are his kids. We are his children. And he wants us to come to them. When your children are in trouble, when your children are upset, if you have any, and they're going through something, you want them to come to you, right? Or if you don't have kids, you will want them to come to you, right? And so you're, you're saying, God, I want, I want them to come to me. And so God wants you to come to him in confidence, not with weak, you know, shaky knees like, oh, God, I'm scared. I, don't be scared in the presence of God. There's joy, there's happiness, and there's peace in the presence of God. So you need, you need to confidently go and ask him and express your needs to him because you've got to understand you can go confidently because you understand the fact that you deserve to be there. Even if you've got sin in your life and you're coming to God because of sin, you still deserve to be there because his son died on a cross so you can have access to him. And this is our father. And you go in there, you go in there with our father. And then number two, pray with humility. Pray with humility. So, so you pray with confidence, but then pray with humility. Confidence and humility, not pride and arrogance. Pride is the antithesis of humility. And we, and we, you know, when pride comes in, it's like, well, I don't need God. I can handle this myself. You know, you go there and you feel like I can handle this myself. I don't need God's help. I'm arrogant. You know, hey, you know what? I don't need him because I can handle this. This is not a God thing. This is a me thing. I just need to deal with it myself. Or you come, you don't come in humility and you act like God, hey, you're my father. Okay. But we got to understand the Lord's prayer says, our, he said, Jesus, they said, how do we pray? Jesus said, Pray like this, our Father. We've got to understand that, that Father is not just my Father. He's our Father. It's not just one, it's not just my daddy, it's our daddy. And we can't go to him acting like you owe me something, I'm your only child. Because we are not his only child. And so when problems come, what do we do? We run towards something, right? What, what, what happens when problem comes, where do you run? Do you run to others, addictions, emotions, or education? The first place a, a humble person runs to, um, to God. A person who is, does not walk in humility, they, they walk, they're like, I can handle this, God, so I'm going to go over here and I'm going to talk to Jason about it. I'm going to talk about this person. There's nothing wrong with talking to Pastor Doug or someone else or Jason or whoever you, your, your friends is, but you talk to them after you've approached the throne. Some people don't go to others. They don't go to God. They go to their addictions. When things go bad and troubles happen, they immediately go to their, their default addictions. Some people turn into their emotions. All of a sudden, bad things happen, and they just crumble and fall apart, get stressed out, wigged out, and just depressed, and they just let all their emotions deal with them. 
Some people turn to education, and, and, you know, more knowledge. Sometimes people want to mask their issues by trying to look like they know everything. They, they, come, they try to come up and find all kind of knowledge and, and, and just become this, this knowledgeable person so people will think that they are, they're good when in actuality they're always they're broken. You know, so go to God with all your needs. You cut yourself short whenever you, 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 uh, you try to overcome on your own efforts. It's like a, an Olympic shot put person, you know, an athlete. If you have an Olympic shot put, the, the, the number one, the gold medalist, can throw that shot put further than anybody else in the world in their own strength, okay? Nobody else can do this like I can. I'm the best. Nobody can throw it far as I can, okay? But they did it in their own strength. You put that same shot put in a cannon and look what it can do. So you may in your own self have the ability to do better than everybody else around you, but it's still not good enough. We need to give it to God because we and ourselves cannot solve our problems. We need God's help. We go to him in prayer. And then the third thing is you pray with purpose. Seeking God is active. So we are seeking God. We don't just seek him. We, we are constantly seeking him and having that, that, that perfect purpose in our life. You can't expect to, to have and seek and find God's purpose if you're not constantly doing that actively in your life. Okay, well, Pastor Doug, I get pray with humility and pray with confidence, but how do I pray with purpose? Okay, well, let's talk about that. Today's going to be a discipleship Sunday, right? We're going to talk about some things and help you learn about the word more, you know? It's good that we, 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 people receive Christ. We want that. But if we don't disciple them, you know, and so I want to give you, I want to be, help you so you can disciple. So how do I pray with purpose? Number one, know what you want. Know what you want. When you go to God, know what you're going to ask for. Don't, don't stand before the Father and, and he's like, okay, what do you need? Well, I don't, I don't, let me think about it a minute. I mean, there's a lot I need, but when you come before him, know what you want. Dream big and ask bigger, okay? Be, when you go to God, ask him and dream and tell him what you want. Don't be vague. Number two, don't be vague and, and, and pray very clear prayers. God wants to get the glory. And if you prayed a vague prayer that was not very clear and then something happens, God answers that prayer, but you prayed a vague prayer, it can look like to you that God didn't do that, that circumstances did that. So, so whenever you pray a very clear, specific prayer, then God answers it, and everybody knows that's exactly what you prayed for. And then change it up, number four, number three. Change it up. Change of pace, change of place. Yes, we all have that little inner circle room where we can go to someplace, you know. You know, I, this is my little inner circle. I, I, like, I pray in my chair back there sometimes, but a lot of times I'll just come in here and get some steps in, and I'll just walk around here about 30, 40 times just praying and touching the chairs and praying over you guys and just praying that God on Sundays that God would just really do incredible things. And, you know, but then sometimes I change it up and I go to the beach and sit on the beach and hear the crashing waves on the park over there, you know, um, what used to be Huma Cray, Longleaf Park. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I, I, I'm, I'm praying in my car. Sometimes, you know, I, I, I'm praying. I, you know, so I just change a pace, change a place. You can pray different places because different places, different places that you pray and do things create different emotions and feelings. Whenever I have a leadership meeting, sometimes we meet in here, but not very often. When I meet with my leadership team, we a lot of times we meet, most of the time we meet in the kids' room. Why? Because it, it, it's bright, it's vibrant, there's toys, it, it creates creativity by being in that kind of environment you don't have a creative team meeting in a, in, in a dark dark room because there's no creativity there 
Number four, pray with repentance. Pray with repentance. Sorry, it's a little space here a second. Um, willful knowledge of our sin and of our life. Say, God, you know what? I know I've fallen short. Forgive me. When you go to God, say, God, I know I've messed up, but thank you for allowing me to come boldly to your throne. And thank you for allowing me to pray with purpose and know God, Lord, and I just come with a repentant heart of humility and ask for your forgiveness. You know, get honest with God. Say, God, I know I'm not, I'm not good. And thank you that I'm only good because of your righteousness, not my own. Thank you, God. And I just pray right now, Father, that you just forgive me of my sins and you cleanse me and purge me. Number five, you pray with faith. There are no, no, there are no unanswered prayers. God's going to say yes. He's going to say no, comma, I got a better plan. Or he's going to say, wait, wait, not now, wait later. Okay, he's not just going to say no, because where does that leave you? God, I, I need, I need, I need this. Nope, ain't going to do it. Okay, <laughs> okay, what, 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 you know, he's going to say, no, I got a better plan. No to that, but yes to this. And then he's, or he's going to say yes, or he's going to say Wait, not now, but later. So it seems like across the board, prayers are basically going to be yes, just not in the way that we want them to come out. It may not be the way that we have it fleshed out, but God's desire is to say yes to us all the time, one way or another. It may look different than you, than you think. It may seem different, and it may not be pleasurable to you the way you want it, but God wants to bless you. God is way ahead of this. There's no need to be anxious. He knew our prayers before you prayed them. When I said, know what you want, God's already thinking, I know what you need. If you just go ahead and get your mind together and bring it to me, I got you. You know, in silence on, silence on God's part does not mean negative. People come to me all the time, Pastor Doug, I've been praying, praying, praying. I haven't heard nothing. Well, when you don't hear anything, God is telling you, be still and know that I am God. When you're praying and you don't get an answer, God's saying, be still, don't do nothing. Just be still and know that I am God. Sometimes, because we want to move, and, and really basically what that means, that's a wait. That's a wait time. Wait. Don't, 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 don't do it right now. No, just hold on. Just be still. Keep doing what you're doing. But I, I need to make a decision. No, you don't. If God says wait, he has a plan. So just wait and just do what God's called you to do. So then, so then you may ask, okay, I'm going to have purpose. I'm going to pray with these kind of things. You know, so I know about prayer. You know, in the first, in our, the first um, week that we met, we talked about that we're going to have prayer and fasting. Hopefully, you, you participated in that. If you haven't, you still can start in prayer and fasting. And then the last week was about getting into the Word, right? And we're going to talk about the Word now. Next week is about loving. This, this week right here is about loving your neighbors. But you're saying, okay, I understand about prayer now. You're talking about prayer and the word. So prayer, I got it down. I know how to pray. I know to come boldly. I know, to, I, need to, I know how to come humbly. I know how to come with confidence. I know how to come, you know, with, 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 with you know, purpose. I know how to have purpose. I know how to do that. I need to change the place, change the pace, all that. I got all that down. Now, talk to me about the word. Okay, what will the Bible do for me? A lot of people feel like, well, the Bible is not really going to do anything for me. Well, God's word is going to make you strong. When you read the word, God's word is going to make you strong. Prayer is our word to God. The, the Bible is God's word to us. 
It's a two-way communication. That's why it's important a lot of times that when you pray, read the Bible. So whenever you have that yielding time, you're reading the Bible and God can speak back to you. God can speak back to you without that, but chances are, you know, you're not in a place to hear God's voice because God's voice doesn't speak to people very often anymore like he did in the prophets. God speaks through circumstances. He, through, he, he speaks through situations. He speaks through people, and he 100% speaks through his word. Okay? And God's word will make you strong by giving you life. Okay, this is the written word. It's all written, which is, which is logos, which is written word. And then when you read it, it becomes rhema word to you, which is life. So you, you, when you read it, it becomes life to you. And if God speaks breath to you, and life happens through that. So the word, word is not just, it's just not inspiration, but it's power to be different. It's not inspiration to be different. It's power to be different. It's not just inspirational video that you read, inspirational book to make you feel good. It's not soup for the soul, okay? Like that one book, the, the devotion is, it's, it's real life power for you to implement in your life and to change and for you to be different and for you to be better. So God's word will make you strong. And number two, God's word will bring clarity to you. The word of God is, is, is clarifies things. It, it cuts through the fog and makes things clear. God, I got all these questions. Well, if you got questions, go to God in prayer and then read the word and he'll clarify it for you. Okay? So you'll know where you stand and you'll know what's right. It, it brings strength and identity to your heart. See, the, the, the world brings lies and confusion to you of who you are. The Bible will bring strength and identity to you. See, a lot, a lot of people are confused about their identity in Christ. And God wants you to know who you are in Christ. Christians fail a lot of times because they don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know the authority they have. They don't know the power they have. They don't know who they are and what their purpose is because they don't read the Word to find it out. And they don't spend time in God in prayer. And so the word is the ultimate authority on that. So the word of God will make you strong. It will clarify things for you. And number three, it will keep you strong. God word, God's word convicts us. That's why scripture says, you know, I've hidden that word in my heart so I might not sin against thee. Right? So you hide the word in your heart so you don't have to look it up all the time. You memorize scriptures so when you go to sin, that scripture will come up in your spirit and convict you. And it'll help keep you strong because you won't sin. If you don't know no scriptures, you don't know what not to do, right? The, the, the conviction power of Holy Spirit will lead to change. And the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, the presence of God will lead to change. And that change will lead to the blessings of God. So when you hear God speaking to you out of your spirit from what you've learned, listen, respond to that. And we got, we, we need, this year we need to make a declaration that I'm not going to neglect the Word of God. I'm not going to neglect prayer. You know, and, you, and, and, and it seems like so touche, sorry, cliche, and it's just like we're like, we don't, we don't want to read. We feel like it's boring. We feel like I haven't got time. We don't want to pray. You know, I don't feel like praying. Well, that, that's, what, that's what a sacrifice of praise is. Why would you not want, because we all got trouble, we all go through trials and tribulations, Scripture says. So why would you not want to spend time with the one person that has the answer and the ability to give you the power to overcome all your problems and fears? I mean, it's easy. 
You spend time in prayer, you spend time in the Word, in His presence, your life's going to be a whole lot better. But we walk around hardly ever reading the Word, praying rarely, and then we wonder why our life sucks so bad. Why, my God, what in the world's happening? Why, why is my life, why am I going through this, God? You know? Well, then we pick up the Bible and dust it off, you know? And then we get on our knees to pray. Oh, oh, my knees hurt. It's so tender because I hadn't been on my knees in a long time. God's word will protect you. God's word will give you wisdom. Man, there's so much good stuff in God's word if you just read it. Okay, number four. God's word will, so God's word will make you strong. It will bring clarity to you. It will keep you strong. And then number four. God's word is going to help you get strong again when you become weak. Because even though, because sometimes when that word comes up, we ignore it, don't we? We know it. We know the scripture, and we still ignore it, and we still act upon something we shouldn't act upon. And we become weak, right? And so, so the thing is, is it will help you get back strong again. If you are, if feeling is your king, the enemy will feed on that. And if you're like, well, I feel this way or I feel that way, then the enemy will feed on your feelings and trying to push your buttons and your emotions and your feelings to make you continue to feel that way. But if God is king, then, then God will bring stability to your heart and to your mind and those areas. And, 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 and will, will, when you make a mistake and fall short, he will make you strong again. He will, that conviction will always bring you back like the prodigal son. So we need to do what we can and jump... Jump into um, a, a reading plan. See, because it's like we don't we don't believe this. I think several weeks ago I made I made a comment about this, and I think it went past some people. And 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 what it was was I said if I had a book up here today, and I had a book of incantations of the Satanic Bible, and I was I was going to open it up, and I was going to start. I was going to say, hey, you know what? I got a Satanic Bible. I got some incantations that I just want to read today. Half of y'all would get up and leave. Right? Same, right? Right. Okay. Because you somehow believe that that Bible and that has power over you as a Christian. It doesn't. Okay? But when I read this, it doesn't move you. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't, you don't think, oh, wow, that's powerful. Those incanta incantations are trash. You as a Christian, they have no power over you. No demon in hell. You have power over every demon in hell. But this has all power through us reading it. Not, not just sitting in this book, the rhema word, when we read it and we use it. So, you know, but, but people come to me all the time. Did you see on the news? Did you read on Facebook? Did you hear? I mean, did, you, did you get that email? And whatever Facebook, the news, or the email says is truth. Because it's been shared 10,000 times. And that makes it truth. So-and-so shared it, so it has to be true. See, but the thing is, is it's not true. We hear all of that, that junk, and, and we hear all that stuff, and, you know, but, 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 we, we get, but you know what? I, what I don't hear enough is, that, hey, you're going through something? Did you, did you hear about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You know? Let me tell you about this story. Did you hear, did you hear about that? Did you, did you feel the Spirit of God in service Sunday? You know, let's, did you... Did you Hear the word of the Lord on Sunday. You know, we need to talk more about those kind of things rather than 
the, what, these other things that we see and hear and take as truth when most of them are lies, especially politically. They're just pundits, and they're just trying their best to push their agenda on both sides. This, we're, not, we're, not, we're not Republicans, and we're not Democrats. We're Christian. This is what we vote by. This is what we go by. So, so now let me give you, talk about the word. So let me give you five keys to better understand and maybe help you some questions you can ask when you're reading the Bible to maybe help you understand the Bible more. So number one, when you're reading the Bible, you've got to remember the big picture. What is all of this about? So you've got to start zoomed out out here. Don't, don't, get, don't get in here right here right now. Start out here and look at the whole book as, as, as one and know that there's, there's a New Testament and there's an Old Testament. There's 66 books in this Bible. There's 39 old and there's 27 new. And there's 40 authors over a period of about 1,500 years. And the whole Bible is about one thing, and that is God loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. Okay? And then the thesis of the Bible is John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That's the main thesis of the Bible, that he, that he loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's, that's the, whole, the whole point of that. Now, from the beginning, the beginning to the end is all about Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus don't show up to the New Testament. No, he's all the way from page 1 all the way to the end, right? 1 John 1 says, says, the beginning was the Word. It wasn't talking about the Bible because the Bible's about Jesus. It was talking about in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God and the Word is God, right? And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's talking about Jesus. In the very beginning of time, God had Jesus and the Holy Spirit there with him, right? And so it's, it's all the way through there. Do you know that in the New Testament, Jesus, uh, no, in the New Testament, one out of every 22 verses refers to the Old Testament. The most quoted book in the Bible by Jesus is Deuteronomy. He quotes Deuteronomy all the time. Well, yeah, but, but, but you've got to understand, when they were living, there was no New Testament. Because they were the New Testament. It was happening. It's like it's like us. We it's like us writing a book about 2023. It's not over. It's, it's happening right now. So that all there was was the Old Testament, and God came. Jesus came, you know, to not 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 tear down the law, but fulfill the law, to make it better, right? Not to do away with it. And He talks about Deuteronomy all the time, and and all through the Word of God. There's all kinds. Of, God created us because He wanted to give us so we can experience who He is, and and make a choice for ourselves between ourselves and Him. He came to give us a choice. And when and when sin and comes in and chaos ensues, then Jesus comes to make it right. Jesus is our advocate. Jesus is our attorney. Jesus is our attorney that goes before God the Father and says, God. He's innocent because my blood is applied to him. He's the one, he's our intercessor. Jesus goes before God and intercedes for us and, and shows God why we are innocent. It's because our blood is applied, his blood is applied to our life. In the Old Testament, it points all the time to people making bad choices. They choose themselves, and then God's redemptive blood comes through and changes that, and they turn to him. Abraham, Moses, David, Isaac sacrificed. The, all of that is pointing to Jesus. See, Joseph 
I'm not, I'm not talking about married to Mother Jesus, Joseph. I'm not talking about Joseph, his daddy. But Joseph in the Bible who was thrown in a pit. Joseph shows us a picture and a foreshadow of mercy and forgiveness. See, Joseph was tempted by Potiphar's wife to try to have sex with him, to tempt him, right? And he chose righteousness. Jesus was tempted in every way by Satan himself and chose and resisted and chose righteousness. Joseph suffered rejection and was stripped of, of his elaborate coat of many colors, right? Before, and before Jesus' trial began, he was stripped, and they put a, a royal red, a purple coat on his back to mock him before the scourging began. Both were given ministry, both Joseph and Jesus were given ministry around the age of 30. Joseph was sold for a slave's price of 20 pieces of silver, and Jesus was sold um, um, as a, a traitor, supposedly, for 30 pieces of silver. Joseph was declared dead by his family. They threw him in the pit, and they said he's dead. He's, he's done away with. But he appeared again um, at the very end, and when he redeemed his family, right? And he said, I'm going to take care of you. Well, Jesus Christ appeared to be dead, right? They did kill him, actually. They, they killed him, and he rose from the dead and showed alive. Moses was a shepherd. Jesus was a shepherd. You know, Moses was a Moses was chose to let was chosen to lead the people of Israel out of the bondages of slavery. God chose Jesus to lead um, um, the, us out of the bondage of sin. Moses was hid in Egypt as a child in, in the, little, the little basket down the, the water. You know, and Jesus was hid from Herod as a child. Moses fasted 40 days. Jesus fasted 40 days. Moses' first plague was turning, was turning uh, water into blood. And Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine. The New Testament has seven shepherds in the lineage of, of, of good shepherds. Starts all the way back with Cain and Abel, um, 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 Adam and Eve's son. Abel, and then Jacob, and then Joseph, and then Moses, and then David, and then Amos, and then Jesus. And, and, and David, the shepherd, took and was willing to lose his life for his sheep. He fought the lion and the bear, right? Jesus lost his life for his sheep so he can rise again. Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, his son, on, on, the, 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 um, on, on the altar, right? But there was a ram... Ram signifies power and authority in the thicket with thorns that he was placed on his head, right? And so, and he was a scapegoat, and so he's our scapegoat. He took, he took it so we don't have to. And so that's what that ram represents Christ there. Jesus is often called the second Adam because the first Adam didn't obey God, and Jesus obeyed God because he caused the fall of man. And um, the second Adam, Jesus, called the restoration of man. Boaz was a kinsman redeemer for Ruth. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. You see how it goes? And if you just really look, all through the Old Testament, there's stories after stories of, of, of how Jesus is, is in there, foreshadowed about the New Testament. And God wants to show us, he, it's not a list of rules that is written down. It's a communication guideline for a relationship with him. So now you, you zoom out and you look at it as a whole and realize that it's all about God wanting a relationship with you. Jesus is all the way through it. There's a New Testament, Old Testament, all this kind of stuff. And then you've got to understand, you've got to find the context of what, what it is. So many Christians post on Facebook stuff out of context that is just right there and it has nothing to do with what's happening around it, right? So you need to understand who the author is. You need to understand um, the time period that it's written and who it's written to. 
Okay, so how do you do that? Well, at the very beginning of, of the book, if you read, if you read like, for instance, James, James will start off saying, you know, I, James, the bondservant of Christ. So you know James wrote that book. Matthew wrote Matthew. Mark wrote Mark. You know, Luke um, wrote Luke. John wrote John. You know, and then Acts was written. They say by, a lot of, most scholars say Acts was written by Luke. You know, um, Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. You go all the way through those. All those are Paul's books that Paul wrote. Okay, first, second, third, John. John wrote those. You know, Jude wrote Jude. Um, John the Baptist wrote. Um, John the Revelator wrote. Wrote uh, John. He saw that. Um, wrote Revelation. He saw the vision. You know, so so there's somebody who wrote every one of those books. So who are they? You know, when you're reading it, you got to look that they're reading it from their standpoint of who they are. Matthew was a tax collector, so you got to know about Matthew that he's a tax collector. So he's he's thinking about numbers and all this kind of stuff. You know, Luke was a doctor, so he's looking at it a whole different way, right? And so you got to look in who they're written to. You know, Romans, um, okay, Galatians, and Ephesians, and Philippians, and Col Colossians, all those are churches. Paul was writing to churches at that time. So you got to understand that, and that helps you understand things better. So um, help you define context. Um, and then also perspective when you're reading those books. Because Paul is, I mean, Jesus is talking to Peter about fishing. He's, he's telling him a, a, fish about, a story about fishing. And say you'll become a fisherman of men. So he's using an analogy, a parable about fishing, so he'll know about about fishing for men, the salvation. You know, the parable about about um, about the the farmer throwing a seed. Talking is talking about the word of God being implanted in us. That if, if we that if we do not careful and we're hard, you know, then what will happen is that it will fall on that kind of ground, on hard ground, and it won't go down, and the birds will come either way. And then if it's if it's along the the rocky the rocky road, then then those are those are, are issues in our life that come to try to take it away, along with the 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 the, uh, the weeds and stuff that come. But the good soil is what we need to plant it in, right? And so we need to know that. You know, you got to look at the word and understand some weird things. And you think about like, for instance, like uh. Um, I've always wondered about God hard. Is it hardened Pharaoh's heart? And I always, I always wondered. I was like, why, why would God harden Pharaoh's heart? You know. Then I heard someone speak one time, and 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 they explained that if you're if you if you have um, pizza in an oven, the soft the soft crust becomes hard, and the the hard the hard. Uh, Cheese melts. The same heat effect based on what the thing was made of. Right? You know, and so you got the same heat does that. The sun. The sun can harden something that's left out, or it the sun can melt wax. Right? So it's based on what our heart is, how our heart is. So the heart it can soften or it can harden based on our relationship with Christ and how how that is, and that's how that works. So you got to find context. Read the introduction to the chapter. Get a study Bible. You know, get a Bible you understand. You know, I typically up here, I got a King James one right here, but but up there on the screen, you're going to read the New Living Translation. The same place that that they went to to get the King James, they were, they took they took the the Hebrew and took that those scrolls and, and made King James. Well, they went back to the same place and made it straight into modern day language today from what it is. They didn't go to King James and make it the New Living Translation. They went back to the same place King James got theirs from. Make sense? You know, if you're reading the message, that's not a 
That's not a translation. That's a paraphrase. You know, so, so get a Bible that you understand. But ha always have an, at least a New King James if you can read that. You know, get, if you want to go to blueletterbible.com online, you can see a whole lot. They'll tell you Greek, Hebrew. They'll tell you more than you want to know, I promise you. If you're really geeky, you, I, I, we got a, I'm not geeky. Trust me, I'm not geeky. But I got the Logos Bible on my, on my, um, uh, out there. On, it costs it cost some money, and I won it at, at, a, at, a, at a conference. And it, and I just, I, it was on a floppy disk. And I called him not too long ago, and I said, hey, I got this floppy disk. Oh, we'll upgrade you to digital for free. I was like, well, praise God. Now, it has hundreds and thousands in, of, of commentaries and all kind of cool stuff. You know, and so it'll, it'll do that. So get you that. If you go to um, your version Bible on the app, the second or third one on the bottom, it says plans. You click on that, and it will show you plans for kids, for teenagers, for adults, for, for mom, single moms, for, for marriage, for divorce, for addiction. For, for whatever you want, there's all kind of plans there. And you can do those, and you can look at them together. You can become friends with other people. So when they highlight you know, something, then they, you see what they highlighted and stuff. It's really cool. But there, there's actually a version app for kids. So if you have a child, get the version app for them, and they can look, in, and look at that. And sometimes it shows pictures and does things for them like that. So it's really good. Because you, and then also, when you're reading the Word of God, you've got to understand not only the purpose and, and all these in the context of it, you got to understand the implications of it. What does this mean for me? Okay, I read all that. I know who it was, what, who it's to. Now, how does that apply to my life? And we got to allow the Word of God to, to impact our hearts and our souls. Like Joshua. When Joshua walking around the walls of Jericho and the walls fall, how can I apply that to my life? Okay, well, I've got walls in my life that need to fall. So I need to pray and pray for God to help me allow those walls to fall right? Jeremiah Jer talks about he, they were in Babylon and then he had a plan for him. We can understand that when we're in the desert, like the, word, the Israelites, there's always a promised land there for them. There's always a hope and a future there for them. We can know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in the fire. Well, we can understand when we go through the fiery furnace in our life, we can leave not even smelling like smoke. David killing Goliath. We can know that, you know, we may have big giants in our lives and God can help us slay them. That's how it implies impacts us. So then we apply it to our lives, and blessings of God can come. If somebody will come, matter of fact, here, uh, the blessings of God to come to the piano and apply to us. So what do I do? I, I read. I start reading. You just begin reading. Well, where do I start reading that, Pastor? Well, I suggest, I love, I always suggest start in the book of John because it talks about how much God loves us. You know, if you want to read about the story of Jesus from different, from different people, their, their outlooks, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Because they're, they're all three different views of the same story, pretty much. Okay, and then Romans is a road to salvation. That, that's a wonderful book, you know, to, to look at. If you're interested in reading about, the, I wouldn't start here, but if you're interested in looking at end times, go to Revelation. If you want um, Psalms, uh, worship, go to Psalms. If you want wisdom, go to Proverbs. If you want to know about the beginning of the Word of God, go to Genesis. If you want to learn about Moses, go to Exodus. If you want to learn about David, go to Samuel. If you want to get confused, go to Leviticus. Right? I, I'm still confused. On Netflix, not on Netflix, on Angel Films or whatever, I can show you, The Chosen is on there. It's one of the greatest movies ever. It's kind of like The Passion, but it's, it's like a series. It is so good, and it talks, it has, what it does, it kind of fills in the blanks for you. And there, Yes, it's not absolutely biblical. you got to understand, you got to have wisdom, you got to know the Word of God a little bit, read it after you, after you see it. But there's some things in there, but so much of it makes so much sense to me. 
that they add in there. For instance, we read that Jesus turned the water into wine, and we're just all excited about that. How about the, that's the first miracle he had? How about the moments right before that miracle happened? Nobody knew he was God. Nobody knew he was Jesus. Nobody knew he was the Messiah, right? And so he's getting ready to do his first miracle, but nobody knows that he can do miracles. And so he's like, okay, bring me some water. And in, in, in the, in the chosen, bring me some water. And they're like, what, we're going to bring, we're going to drink water? What are you going to do, turn it into wine? What's going to happen? What do you think we're going to do with that? What, why, who are you to tell us what? I mean, it was funny, that moment right before that miracle happened, before their eyes were open to who he was. Their humanity, you know, and it, you know how Peter's a hothead, right? He, he chopped, he chopped the, the, the guard's ear off. All through, all through the whole entire series, Peter's ticked off at everybody. They're, they're like, Jesus is like, well, I got to go over here, and I think there may be some problem. Peter's like, well, I'll go with you, Jesus. I'll go. I'll take care of it. I, I just love it, you know. And my favorite person is Matthew. Matthew's autistic. And I love Matthew. He's just so creative and so fun. And he's all the time doing numbers and he's looking around. And it's just, he's like, he's like Rain Man, actually, in the movie. He's like, you know, and he's so high-functioning. It's so amazing. I love Matthew's my favorite person. And, and oh, Jesus first, but, you know. So, but, so then after you do that, then find somebody to discuss it with after you read the Word. For instance, this morning. I was talking with Daryl. Daryl met me in the hallway, and we were talking about something. Because you know what? I read something this week, Pastor. And he began to share something about the voice of God that God revealed to him this week. So he, he took time. He prayed. He read. He, he found out what it was all about. God shared with him. And then he came to me, and then he discussed it with me. He didn't come gossip. He didn't put, put nobody down. He was sharing the Word of God with me and talking to me about that. And then we had dialogue about it. And that's what we need. You need to find somebody. Find a friend. Call somebody. You, you know, if, if I can answer, I will. If not, I'll get back with you the best I can. Come on Sundays and say, hey, let me tell you what God told me this week. Because you know what? God will probably lead you to the right person that needs to hear that very word. And it becomes real to you. Go to, go to life groups. Go to the small groups that we have, the life groups. Um, and, and talk with people. Hey, ladies, men, gentlemen, couples, journey, teenage, whatever, kids. Let me show you what God, let me tell you what God showed me this week. And then stick with it. The final thing is just stick with it. And I know that this is not, the, you know, this is a trash different from last week. The power of God was so heavy in here. People were weeping and crying and worshiping and shouting and, and speaking in tongues and just letting the Holy Spirit move in their lives. And today's more teaching. But I want you to succeed. I don't want you just to have the frills and thrills and not know how to go out there and live day to day and make it. What kind of pastor would I be if I wanted you to have all the emotion but none of the substance? So it's important to me to not only preach to you but teach to you. To help you understand and break down scripture and talk about it in a way that, that you can, oh, harden his heart. Oh, Pastor Doug talked about that. That's why I love going when I go to, I, 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 I'm watching, even, even watching The Chosen, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up season two. I'm almost on season three, which they say is even better than any of the other ones. But, so I'm excited about that. But, but when they're, they're on there, they're talking about like, oh, we got to go to Capernaum. You know, and Jason, you know where that's at. You know, and, 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 and uh, Mr. Hannah and Kimberly, those of y'all that have went, and, and Dwayne and Melanie. But, so when they said that, I immediately in my mind knew where Capernaum was. I could put in my mind, and I could see the Capernaum. 
When they say we're going to go down to Galilee, I know Galilee. I know how beautiful. And all those emotions and feelings and smells come back to my mind. And so it's really good. That's why it's so important. We're going to go back in October. We're going to start taking money here soon. So if you want to go, let me know. We're filling up fast. But the thing is, is that, that I love that. So the same way with the words. And when something happens in your life, you may not have been to Israel, but, but when something happens in your life, someone says something, oh, there's a scripture. You know, they, they, they say there's an app for that. Well, there's a scripture for that. There's a scripture for that. Let me tell you what God showed me about that scripture. And God, will, as you study, God will have you study things and then bring it back in the remembrance. And like I said, go, go to the, the, those devotions on you version. It has a little devotion, and then it has scriptures under it, and even has some questions for you. You know, there's, and there's lots and lots of devotions out there that you can get. You know, Jesus, um, what is it Jesus, Jesus says, what's that book? Jesus Calling. I love that. He anointed that woman to, 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 write, to write different devotions in the first person, like it's God talking to you. It is so comforting because God will let you read that. Now, it's not God, okay, but it's God speaking through her. Don't, don't get it confused. Don't, don't think that this is, that is actual God. Then you go to God and say, God, here's what you, I feel like you're saying to me out of that. Talk, let's talk about it. Don't just take it. That's good. Like I get, I, I read it. That's what it said. God said. I get so tripped out on these pastors on, on Facebook to get on there and just say, this, this, is, this right here is God's year for, for you to get totally out of debt. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, that's... And then people, that's, we wonder why, why, why people leave the church. You know, we wonder why people are, aren't, don't feel loved and cared for. But God wants to bless you today. And if you really want a relationship with Jesus and you want to make sure that you can make it to heaven then you need to receive Christ in your life. You need to get in the Word, and you need to pray. And you'll be amazed at how often, like I said, read the New Living Translation, you know, or read American, um, New American Standard, or, or the Century, or, or the Word, or whatever. Even if, you, if you're like, I can't read any of it, none of it makes sense to me, then get you a message Bible that, that has translated, that, that just has paraphrased it, and then get you a, a, a King James or the New Living Translation, put them side by side, and read the paraphrase, and then read what Scripture says about it. So you can have some context. Ask, call me and ask me a question. Hey, Pastor, i got a question, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I'll help you as much as I can. You know, but, but it's fun to do that. And, and if our church is going to end things and begin new beginnings, right, then we need to make sure and do that through beginning with the Word of God. From the beginning to end. And quit, quit saying that the Old Testament, Jesus is not in that. The New Testament, you don't start till until Jesus dies on the cross and Paul came out. That's just not true. The, uh, God would not give us something that's obsolete. It's not, the Old Testament is just not to learn from. It's, it's just not for us to look at and read because Jesus is all the way through there. The Old Testament is talking all about the New Testament. The New Testament is talking all about the Old Testament. It's all important. Now, the, these Ten Commandments in the New Testament all of a sudden become two commandments. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. He took all Ten Commandments and made them two and said, these two encapsulate all the ten. So we can't say the Ten Commandments aren't for us. They are. There's just two commandments now. So we've got to understand that. And, the more you, and then once you read something, and then you're like, wait a second. It said this over here. And then you go back and realize it said it there, and you're realizing you're putting two and two together. You see this, then you see that. And you're like, oh, that's why he said that. That's why that happened. It'll really bless you. 
So would you bow your hand and close your eyes? Is there anybody here today? I know I talked about the word and prayer. But would anybody in here want to pray a prayer of salvation? Asking for Christ to come into your heart and say, the prayer I want to pray and the scripture I want to read is that except you be born again, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Or in John where it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, you shall be saved. That's scripture. That's a word I want to read. And the prayer I want to pray is a prayer of forgiveness. Does anybody want to receive Christ today in your heart? And you want to ask Jesus to come in your heart and forgive you for your sins? Anybody at all? Well, who would be bold today? Not even bold. Who would just be real and say, I don't read my Bible enough and I don't pray enough. God, give me more of a hunger for your word and for prayer. Amen. 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 I see his hands. I want more of a hunger for his word. I want more of a hunger and desire to pray. I want that. God, in the name of Jesus, touch your people today. Thank you for your presence today. And thank you for helping me be a teacher today, Father. And I pray, Father, that something I've said today, I went through it fast. Maybe they need to go back and look at it again. God, but Lord, something I've said today, God will prick their heart to want to be more in the Word. Spend more time in prayer with you. So when they're not in the Word and not in their prayer, they can be in your presence. God, help them to understand who they are and their identity in you. We thank you for this beautiful day that you created for us. Even though it's raining, Father, thank you that the grass is going to be greener, the rivers are going to be higher, the trees are going to flourish, plants are going to bloom, and people are going to get water who didn't have water possibly somewhere in the world that were praying for rain, their crops. So thank you, Lord, for this day. In times that it doesn't look like it's good for us, it's good for somebody else. So let's rejoice with them and know that our bright days are coming soon as well. We just love you, God, and we praise you for all that you do and all that you've done. We worship you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.